This week on Phone a Friend. Show your nipples because selling sunset is back, bitches. Megan and Harry are bitching. And Whitney Port is back and not holding back when it comes to love, marriage, and sex tapes. I'm a truth teller. The rest will not remain unwritten after this episode, and it starts now. Girl, let's phone a friend with Jesse Kripschick. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to an all-new Phone-A-Friend. I'm Jesse Cruikshank, and after a week of hot anticipation, I am bringing you part two of my epic reunion with Whitney Port. But Dre prefers to call her this. Hey, Dre, who's on Mommy's show this week? Sunny's mom. <laughs> Sunny's mom? Is Sunny your friend? Yes. Yes. Oh, so cute. They're little friends now. Jason, my producer, hi. Hey. Are you excited for Sonny's mom? I'm so I'm so excited for Sonny's mom. Sonny's mom part two. Sonny's mom, the sequel, is coming up. And I gotta say, I, I, it's just been an exciting week for me all around. Um, on Monday, I woke up at 5.30 a.m. before all of my children because I needed clearance to do Full glam, okay? Smoky eye, drag lash, clip and weave, all of it. Because I had an 8 a.m. appointment at the DMV. I had to renew my driver's license. And my picture has been so bad for the last 10 years. I was not about to let that shit happen again, okay? What do they say? Like, fool me once, that's on you. Fool me twice. What is the saying? Fool me once. Shame on me, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, whatever. I'm not getting fooled again. Last time I showed up with no makeup, hair in a bun, I'm not letting that shit happen again. So I get there. It's a muggy day. Already I'm concerned about frizz. I arrive. They call my number. (laughs) I go to the counter. I pass over my expired license through the little hole in the glass. And the man at the DMV passes a card back to me. I look down. It is a business card for his comedy and spoken word YouTube channel. Oh, no. Okay? So, like, if you're wondering what it's like to live in L.A., that pretty much sums it up. What's a spoken word YouTube channel? Jason, I clicked and I shut it down. (laughs) Actually, yeah. Oh. I think think this is technically a comedy (laughs) spoken word YouTube channel. Right. You're listening to it right now. You're right. We should rebrand what we do here. It would sound a little more original. But truly, like, when the guy at the DMV is promoting his spoken word comedy YouTube channel while renewing your driver's license, you know you live in a fucked up place. So his name tag said Daryl. His business card, Jason, said Mr. Crispy. And I did open the the YouTube channel and then like quickly clicked away because he had 17 followers and I just felt like this person needs a new strategy. Either way, Mr. Crispy does all the paperwork and then he tells me it's time for my photo. Okay, so this is it. This is a photo I have been waiting to take for over 10 years. I take a deep breath. I stand against the wall. I put my hands on my hips, (laughs) as you do (laughs) for a neck up photo. 
I do a cute little closed mouth smile. And then I like, I'm not sure when he's taking the picture. So at the last minute, I panic and I decide to go for an open mouth smile. And then midway between closed mouth and open mouth, the flash goes off. He takes the picture. No warning. Okay. No three, two, one. No look here. Just like fires off the photo. Jason, that should be illegal. Yeah, I agree. It should be a felony in any context to take someone's photo without a three, two, one, without a say cheese, without any warning. So he prints the photo, hands it to me, and it is devastating. Okay? I'm looking at this thing like after all that, after 10 years of waiting for this moment, after getting up at 5.30 a.m. to do full glam, I look confused. My mouth is half open. My hair is frizzy. One of my eyes is inexplicably bigger than the other. I think this is not acceptable. I need a retake. So I smile and I say, um, is there any way that I could get another picture? Mr. Crispy does not look up from the computer. He just says, no, sorry. And now I'm I'm desperate. Jason, this is, I am a desperate woman. I am acting out of pure desperation. <laughs> I lean in and I say, mm, you know, I work in comedy. I, oh. Uh, I tour with Smart. Live Nation. <laughs> I said, swear to God, Jason, I go, I have the number one comedy podcast. Um, I should have said, which I believe is also considered a spoken word comic YouTube uh-huh. channel. Speak his uh, language. Yeah. I was like, I'm like leaning in. I was like, you're going to go L.A. on my ass. I'm about to go L.A. on yours. He looks up, leans in, and he says, ma'am, you get one picture. Take a seat. <gasps> Mr. fucking Crispy. And so I'm sitting there at the DMV, where, by the way, everybody has a cough, okay? Just felt like everyone in the city of Los Angeles woke up with, like, a heaving, wet Uh, cough and thought, you know where I'm going to go? To the DMV. So I'm just sitting there in a cloud of other people's saliva, staring at this photo that I will have to live with for 10 more years. Uh, And I realized two things. I had some deep thoughts. First thing is... I am not a one-pick kind of gal, okay? That's okay. If you're going to take a picture of me, I need at least 20 shots to find one that is acceptable. You're not a one-pick kind of gal either, Jay. No, I have like a statement that I tell people when I give them my phone to take a photo. Which is is what? Take take a lot. Oh, me too. Take multiple. Oh, me too. I go, I don't even care if I'm handing it to like an elderly woman at the zoo. I'm like, bitch, it's burst mode or nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. And in a culture where we've become accustomed to choosing the best of at least 20 photos, and then, you know, like giving it a little Paris filter, giving a little face tune, a little brightness, a little contrast, hard adjustment to ask someone to take just one photo in fluorescent lighting with no warning. It's hard. It's tough because I don't see myself in that way. Okay? (laughs) To me, that's not what I look like. Number two, I also realized that I'm just... Not a neck up kind of girl. And you know this about me. We've worked together long enough. I always ask our camera guys to shoot me from the waist up. Okay, boob up at the very tightest. My vibe isn't like, you know, ingenue with tiny features and no makeup who looks stunning up close, dripping wet. Like, that's not me. I lead with hair and then jewelry and then outfit followed by face. 
I like people to feast on the whole package. So when you crump all of that sauce out and you just shoot face without any accoutrements, that's just not where I thrive. That's just, that's not my brand. And I'm okay with that. That's me. I love me. And I've decided, Jason, that I'm going to be okay with my new hideous driver's license because... Oh, good. Well, really, it's just because nobody ever asks for it anymore. Right. (laughs) Like, I've had my last license since 2010. You know, like, you have to pull that shit out at clubs and bars, the liquor store. You're pulling it out at least two, three times a weekend. Now... I'm like desperate to get ID'd. And literally the lady at Tr- Trader Joe's is like, you're a good lady. You yeah. can buy your wipes and your wine and like get on with your day. Uh, do you have a cute driver's license it, picture? No, it's bad as well. Mm. Can I just call you up for this? After the incident, I was so distressed. I texted Jason to tell him what had happened. And in response, he texted me, Kylie Jenner's driver's oh, yeah. license oh, photo no. with a headline that oh. said, like, did did Kylie Jenner take the perfect driver's license photo? And really, I've never seen a more spectacular photo I'm sorry. of a human it's being. Perfect. It's perfect. It's, yeah. But it's, yeah. she's absolutely flawless. And I was like, wow, some friend, Jason. That was right. it was triggering. Salt in the wound. I'm sorry. It was upsetting. It was salt in the wound with a K, and I didn't appreciate it. We also said we were not going to talk about Kardashians this week. <laughs> we made a pact, and yet here we are, top of the show, talking about Kylie's perfect photograph. So that was a highlight of my week, and boy, has it ever been a week. It's been a week, yeah. Last Friday night. I cleared my schedule, canceled my plans, and I actually encouraged my husband to go see the Fast and the Furious movie, which is something I don't think I've ever done. So I could put the kids down, grab the Costco-sized tub of ice cream, spread out on the long part of the sectional, and watch the new season of Selling Sunset all alone, all night long. And it was everything I wanted it to be. Jason, have you watched yet? No. I feel so behind. Yeah, you should. You should feel shame. You should feel uh, left out. But you know what? I'm not going to spoil it for you. Okay. Okay. I watched the first four episodes, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to share a few constructive things I learned about how to succeed in real estate. How to succeed in real estate, bitches. Number one. If you want to succeed in real estate, you've got to show your areolas at work events. What is happening with the clothes this season? Or like lack thereof. Season one, like, yes, you have some mini skirts, you have a little cleavage, but we're still dressing for work. By season six, these betchas are showing up to brokers opens at 2 p.m. <laughs> wearing sequin crop tops and like literally, Jason, in one episode, head to toe rubber. Okay, they're pairing Chanel bags with looks I have seen at the brass rail and only at the brass rail. (laughs) I feel like at this point, they're all so desperate to top each other. They're like, what if I show up to this event with my tits out? (laughs) It's too much. And at our first Brokers Open of the season, Emma literally shows up nude. Like, I don't mean to sound like my grandma, but she's wearing like a a tiny strap 
covering her nips. And when people start doing shots and Chriselle doesn't want to do one, Emma has a great idea. I hate shots. What have you taken out of my boobs? <laughs> so we're now just doing body shots out of the realtor's cleavage at an event where the objective is to sell a $19 million home. I don't know. Maybe I am the prude, you know? Maybe escrow on my house would have been way more fun if I had given my realtor a lap <laughs> dance now and again, you know? Number two. If you want to succeed in real estate, you've got to totally transform your face and body. So after watching the show for six seasons and four straight hours on Friday night, I realized that I have become completely desensitized to the fact that these women do not look like regular women. You know, like the aesthetic now, it's so taut, it's so carved, it's so made up that when Chriselle's new love interest, non-binary musician G-Flip, makes their first appearance, I actually gasped in horror at the sight of a regular human face. And this person is, like, have you seen G-Flip? Yeah. Just a totally cute, attractive, by any standard blonde. Mm -hmm. But when they took their sunglasses off to reveal... God forbid, a real nose and a face with no makeup. I was like, Ugh! I had to check myself. It was a very good reminder that the aesthetic of these women is not at all realistic. It is not achievable. And if I appeared on Selling Sunset, even in full DMV glam, it would be like, who let the monster in? Like, why is the hunchback of Notre Dame at the Oppenheim group? <laughs> It is. It's wild. Also, Jason, the new agent, Nicole, who I think is great on the show. Can't okay. wait for your take. She says she's been with the Oppenheim group for eight years. And I'm watching her thinking like, huh, I wonder why she's only been allowed on the show now. Because, you know, they have a ton of realtors who just like don't appear on the show. Mm -hmm. And then they cut to a flashback of her from five years ago. And she has a totally different face and body. Like, she had to get a head-to-toe Beverly Hills plastic surgeon Dr. Barrett-style makeover <laughs> in order to get a desk from Restoration Hardware 2012 on Selling Sunset. Number three. If you want to succeed in real estate, you have to know how to make small talk that the producers tell you to make. So we've gotten to the place in the show. And and we've discussed this. We talked about it with Whitney. Like, we got there in the hills as well. You get to a place in reality shows deep into season five, six, where you can actually, like, kind of hear the producer's direction before every scene. So in episode one, Emma and Chriselle are walking through a house that had been previously owned by Harry Styles. And as they enter the bedroom... You know the producer said, okay, guys, we're in the bedroom now. Talk about Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde. Because we get this. Well, Harry probably had some watermelon sugar in this bed right here. <laughs> <laughs> probably Olivia's. I don't know the timing, but... <laughs> Definitely got a little wild in here. <laughs> Definitely got a little wild in here. <laughs> I mean... I guess it works better than definitely got a little Radikowski in here, you know? <laughs> Number four. If you want to succeed in real estate, you have to get in fights at professional events. 
I mean, if you haven't called another professional woman a bitch at an open house, are you even a licensed realtor? <laughs> My favorite so far was this business discussion between Chriselle and Nicole at a business event. Okay, listen, one thing I have a problem with is a victim mentality, and it's not all about you. If a any victim is, mentality? Yes. Bitch, I will fucking... I've been through so much, and I don't, don't even... Call me bitch. I'll call you a bitch. You are a bitch, and you've been a bitch. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. I mean, a highlight of the season so far, truly. And if you don't storm out of an open house, struggling to walk in your heels, you actually lose your commission. That's actually a rule of real estate too. If you don't like teeter out of the event yeah. and it's in a fury, then you're not a licensed realtor. Finally, number five. If you want to succeed in real estate, you have to do everything to the soundtrack of sassy female songstresses singing generic royalty-free songs with lyrics like Ain't None of Your Business or Stilettos on the Floor. <laughs> I'm sorry. But like, every scene in this show ends with like, whatever, Mary, I'm out of here. Did I just roll my eyes out loud? This is an actual track used this season that I hunted down, Jason, and found online. Thank you so much. Like, there is this one woman who I feel like she makes music exclusively for selling Sunset. Because all of her songs are like that. They're like, did I just roll my eyes out loud? They're like, I'm a sassy bitch. The music also in the show is like so nail on the head. A scene will end with like a, well, I guess we'll find out on the weekend. And then it smashes to. And every episode ends with like a contemplative walk away from a cement house on a hilltop to an inspirational power pop songstress mm-hmm. song like this. Crash through like a I mean, come on. It's like every episode ends with this. And so let me walk away from this inaugural Selling Sunset season six segment by saying, despite the ugly clothes, the ugly houses, the fake body parts, the fake conversations, so far, gotta say, loving every minute. I miss Christine, but I do like the new girls. I love the Nick Cannon baby mama plotline. Love the same-sex relationship plotline. Love the Jason Oppenheim dating a woman half his age but twice his height plotline. The show gives me what I need, which is to make my brain as numb as Chriselle's forehead. And honestly, even Jason's forehead this season, okay? I'm on to you, Jason Oppenheim. People, people. Should we move on, bitches? What's next? What's next? Okay, if you know me, you know watching four episodes of a show the night it comes out is a major life achievement. Thank you. Oh my God, stop. Jason, <laughs> sit down. Ugh. Seriously, with three kids and a job and like a chin that needs to be plugged upwards of three times a day, I'm usually too busy to keep up on all things pop culture. And then I feel dumb for not understanding what's going on, which brings us to another edition of Dumb and Busy. Ooh, Dumb and Busy. Apparently, the season finale of American Idol happened on Sunday, and I couldn't believe 
that American Idol is still on. I mean, I know we talked about Katy Perry and Lionel Richie appearing with the new king, but like, I I really can't believe that people still watch this show that, here's something that'll make you feel old, has been on for 21 years. Uh, It premiered in 2002. It's older than Jojo Siwa. For me, the last season I watched was season eight, because I don't know if you remember this, Jason. I loved a finalist named Anouk Desai. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Do you remember him? And by the way, still got it, okay? Still so hot. A very successful actor, and now he makes music under the name Totem, which has a little bit of a songstress powerhouse selling sunset ballad vibe. Like a bit of a people, like no offense, Anoop decide, but there could be a totem track bumping as Chriselle teeters out of an open house, covered in vodka. But before that, I think I dropped off after Ruben Stuttered versus Clay Aiken. You remember that. I mean, it was the civil war that ravaged the nation. Historically, one of the most divisive cultural moments of our time, I think, factually. I was Team Clay at the time. I also think I thought he was straight, and I may have been attracted to him, so you can't trust me. And that was season two, 19 seasons later. People seem to be talking about the winner of American Idol again, and so after a quick Google search while breastfeeding, I learned that he's an 18-year-old singer from Hawaii named Iam Dangi. His win is extra special because he broke two records this season. So one is that he's the youngest contestant ever to win. He wasn't even born when Ruben Studdard beat my crush, Clay Aiken. Oh, weird. Right? The other is that his audition is the most viewed American Idol audition video ever on YouTube. And I guess um, Iam's father had passed away just months before his audition, so he dedicated his performance to him. I want to see it. I want us all to see what the hype is about. So I decided I'm going to watch it now for the first time ever and give you my best Paula Abdul immediately after. The song we sing is called Monsters by James Blunt. It's a song um, dedicating to my dad. Okay, he hasn't right. even started singing. Take a moment. You all right? I'm welling up. Oh, yeah, I'm good. <sighs> you got to relax a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. Katy Perry looks great. Yeah, great eye makeup. Before they turn off all the lights Oh my God I won't read you your wrongs or your rights Time is gone I'm not your son You're not my father We're just two grown men saying goodbye Oh my God (laughs) No need to forget No need to forget I can't. I have to stop it. How can I go on after watching that? Oh my god! I'm in full tears. I'm fully weeping. I'm like, wow. So he won the whole thing. Yeah. Oh my god! I am a new fan. I'm just like literally wiping tears and snot off of my face. That is a yes from me, dog. Okay. And when I am Dongi has a daytime talk show, I will watch it even if the work environment is toxic. So, wow, congratulations to you uh, and to American Idol for still being on television. I mean, really, who knew? What's next? Oh, 
Now that I'm emotionally drained, let's stay on theme with our favorite emotionally draining couple, Harry and Megan. These two really do drain my energy, but after the, quote, catastrophic car chase that left no one dead, injured, or seemingly even remotely affected, I feel like I must discuss. Because here's what I'll say, just to take it out on a macro level— We all have that friend who's super negative, right, Jace? Like, you and I actually have the same friend, okay? You know who I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. It's like someone who finds the negative in everything. They're always complaining, and then you find yourself complaining with them as, like, a way to connect. It's just—it's bad energy all around. Those are the friends that bring everybody down, and no one wants to get dragged down by that person or that couple. You and I, Jason, have done a good job of sort of, like, removing ourselves from that person's Mm -hmm. negativity, right? So Harry and Megan, to me, have become that couple. Like, I used to love them, okay? My hot ginger brethren falls for a strong, outspoken woman of the people. She marries into royalty. I think, like, they're going to, you know, create change. And then they did the Oprah interview, and they said, just enough. I felt like they talked about racism. They brought up security issues. They complained about the press. And it felt right. You know, that felt like they were speaking out in a really powerful way that could affect change. And then they didn't stop. They put out a three-part Netflix documentary to complain more. He released a 400-page memoir of complaints. Prince Harry is currently in six lawsuits against all kinds of publications and organizations who he thinks has treated them badly, one of which he just lost a couple days ago. In fact, just to like wrap my head around all of it, I put together a list of things that multimillionaires Meghan and Harry have complained about. Are you ready for this? Hmm. The British press, the British people, the American press, the American people, his brother, his sister-in-law, his dad, his stepmother, his uncle, her dad, her sister, his press secretaries, all the press secretaries, Piers Morgan, the British Army, the government. Truly the only people they've spoken positively about are each other, Oprah, Tyler Perry, and the Queen. Like, I just feel like uh, these are not my people. I need to end my relationship with this toxic couple. I can't have all this negativity in my life. And so there was something oddly satisfying about the way this car chase story unfolded because they put out a statement that instantly becomes absolute breaking news. It says... Last night, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex and Mrs. Raglan were involved in a near-catastrophic car chase at the hands of a ring of highly aggressive paparazzi. This relentless pursuit lasting over two hours resulted in multiple near-collisions involving other drivers on the road, pedestrians, and two NYPD officers. So I see the headline, near-catastrophic car chase, I text you, Jason, immediately in a frenzy. I mean, it evokes Diana. I'm worried for their safety. I'm thinking about their kids, her mom. And within 24 hours, the whole story is completely debunked. First, the NYPD releases a statement saying the Sussex's transportation was, quote, challenging, but there was no reported collisions, injuries, or arrests. Then, the mayor of New York City says this in a press conference. This is a densely populated city, and I would find it hard to believe that there was a two-hour high-speed chase. Even the damn mayor is like, I'm sorry, this is some bullshit. My favorite was when 
The cab driver. The poor cab driver who drove them for like a hot minute during this quote, near catastrophic two-hour chase, got dragged into this whole thing. He spoke to the Washington Post and said, quote, I never felt like I was in danger. It wasn't like a car chase in a movie. They were quiet and seemed scared, but it's New York. It's safe. Like, this dude was like, I don't know what they're talking about. It was not like the fast and the furious, okay? We were just trying to get to the Upper East Side in some traffic. Megan and Harry are like, everyone cares so much about us, and it is a risk to our health. It's like, no one cares about you, Harry and Megan, okay? No one cares about Harry and Megan as much as Harry and Megan. It's so true. Now, Harry and Megan are demanding that the photographers hand over the footage. And I get it. I get it. Your privacy is being invaded. You should not have felt in danger driving home from an event. That has to be very triggering given how your mother died. I understand that. But to put out this statement— that invokes that tragic death of your mother when it clearly was not true is like, it's just too much. And now that they're not working royals, okay, their occupation is officially celebrities. That's that's their job. They are making hundreds of millions of dollars to continue to be celebrities. And fun fact, guys, there have been celebrities before you. There are celebrities now who navigate this kind of relentless pursuit every day. Taylor Swift was swarmed by fans and photographers in a car in New York this week, but she didn't release a hyperbolic statement about it. Like, she doesn't sue everyone who tries to take her picture. I guess I just feel like stop asking for me to stop talking about you and then releasing incendiary statements that force me to talk about you. And because I'm like, I'm all worked up about it, okay? I'm flailing my arms all over the place. I feel like I have no more energy to waste on these people. So I'm just going to let South Park sum it up for me with an episode featuring Megan and Harry going on a worldwide privacy tour on their private jet, stopping in all parts of the globe, chanting, we want privacy. We want privacy. We want privacy. We want privacy. Look at me referencing a South Park clip like I'm a straight guy in college in 2001. I never thought you'd have a South Park reference. Listen, you never know what you're going to get on this show, okay? It's not all Kardashians and Selling Sunset. Sometimes I'm coming in with that straight white man shit, too. What's next? What's next? Oh, dear. Okay, we've come come to a bit of a tonal shift here. Before we move on to the next story... I'd just like to take a moment to acknowledge something very sad and very serious. (sighs) It is with a heavy heart that I share this news. Paris Hilton's pet chihuahua, Harajuku Bitch, has passed. She is living no more. So let's just take a moment to honor and celebrate all that was Harajuku Bitch. Paris took to Instagram to announce that Harajuku Bitch died at 23 years old, which honestly is like 10 years older than I thought Chihuahuas could even live. That's three years older than Jojo Siwa and two years older than American Idol. But I digress. Whether she was strutting her stuff on the runways wearing Chewy Vuitton or pissing in the grass outside of her two-story doggy mansion with AC and a chandelier, Harajuku bitch brought joy to all of the other rich animals around her. And that's hot. 
Harajuku Bitch is survived by all the other Hilton pet siblings, including Dollar the Dog, Munchkin the Cat, Cutesy the Bengal, Mugsy the Pug, and so many more dogs like Marilyn Monroe, Baby Love, Slivington, Princess Paris Jr., Prince Hilton, Prince Baby Bear, Peter Pan, <laughs> Crypto Hilton, and of course, Diamond ba- Diamond Baby, who is still <laughs> who is still a missing person, but was probably eaten by coyotes, according to pet detectives. <sighs> Harajuku bitch, you'll be missed. May you rest in peace. Loves it. God, we really take you on a journey here on Phone mm-hmm. a Friend. I mean, there's ups, there's downs, there's anger, there's joy, and then there's sadness. There's there's absolute devastation and loss. And um, that's what we try to do here on this uh, comic spoken word YouTube channel called Phone a Friend. What's next? Our final story is about the Khan Film Festival, which uh, that's how I'm going to pronounce it, okay? It's the Khan so Film Festival. Thank you. It's where prestige films are screened for an audience of critics and Gigi <laughs> Hadid, who's inexplicably at yeah. every premiere. I'm sure she was at the premiere of Firebrand, which is Jude Law's new period drama, where he plays King Henry VIII. Now, apparently, Henry VIII was known to have just like a really grotesque smell because his legs were infected and rotting and Aesop hadn't been invented yet. So to get into character... Jude Law thought it would be a good idea to wear a custom perfume that smelled like, quote, pus, blood, fecal matter, and sweat. Or just me after a night when my twins crawl into my bed. Other actors on set were, like, revolted. The director actually complained about it. One crew member allegedly dry heaved on a daily basis. Allegedly. But Jude Law really just wanted to get that old bloody pooey king vibe down, you know? (laughs) This reminded me of all of the other times that dumb actors, let's be honest, mostly straight white male actors, have done dumb shit to get into character. So I've generously put together a top five list of dumb actors doing dumb shit. Dumb actors doing dumb shit. At number five. Robert Pattinson, who was in a horror movie called The Lighthouse. And during filming, he says to get into character, he would make himself throw up, lick mud, piss himself, and put stones in his shoes. Or act like my toddler. (laughs) At number four, Ashton Kutcher, famously a straight white man, right, Jason? Yeah. Famously. Once played the CEO of Apple, Steve Jobs. And because Steve Jobs was a fruititarian which is a thing I that exists, Ashton took it upon himself to only eat fruit behind the scenes as well. At one point, he ate so much fruit that he developed pancreatitis and was hospitalized. But he gave us that biopic, which no one remembers. So worth it. And number three, Leonardo DiCaprio. When he played a man lost in the winter wilderness in The Revenant, he underwent extreme physical conditioning, which included eating raw bison and sleeping outdoors in winter inside of an old, dead animal carcass, which marks the first time he's been inside anything that wasn't young and hot. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love when I shock you. Wow. And at number two, remember Shia LaBeouf, Jason? Mm-hmm. He was in a war film called Fury. And during production, he refused to shower, had a tooth pulled oh. out, and repeatedly cut his own face with a knife to give himself the character's wounds. I feel like the makeup artists were like, are yeah. you? We're here. We're trained. We can help you with that. He still has the scar on his face, and I still don't remember the movie. So congratulations to him. I haven't seen any of these movies. They just haven't like gone anywhere, I feel like. It just seems so... Right. Well, Leonardo DiCaprio at least won the Oscar. Yeah. At least he won the Oscar. What I am noting is that Shia LaBeouf didn't shower, whereas Jude Law was like, no, I'm going to shower. I'm just going to make a perfume that makes it seem like I haven't showered. Like, is that real method acting or is that just some like rich British shit, you know? And drumroll, please. Taking the number one spot. Congratulations to... Jared Leto! You knew he would land at number one. When he played the Joker in The Suicide Squad, he got so method, he made everyone on set call him Joker and tormented his co-stars by mailing them all used condoms. End of segment. Bye! What's next? Okay, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Last week, we left you with a Star Wars-style cliffhanger. Because, frankly, I was shocked by how Whitney Port answered my question about Lauren and Jason's rumored sex tape. So do you remember this saga? Because I had to, like, refresh a little bit. According to PerezHilton.com, the CNN of 2007, Jason Waller was trying to sell a sex tape he made with Lauren Conrad before he went to prison. What a sentence! (laughs) So the tape never came out, But it became sort of like the subject and the underlying reason for most of the beef, or beef flaps, if you will, between Lauren and Heidi (laughs) and Spencer for the rest of the seasons of The Hills. Now, Whitney could have easily just said, like, yeah, no, I don't think there was ever a tape. But she did not. This is the second part, the dramatic sequel to my conversation with Whitney Port. Let's roll it back. And phone a friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Last question. Did Lauren and Jason have a sex tape? <laughs> I hate that I just asked oh you that. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. Um, I would probably say... Uh, I legitimately don't know. I legitimately do not know. Do you think it's possible that it exists? Oh, wow. I think it's possible. Like, I think we all, like, maybe, not we all, but, like, I could see myself doing something like that at that age. Um, Just not butt in the butt. Just no, definitely not. not. No, no, no. But, like, yeah. I haven't completely ruled it out, but I don't know for sure. 
<gasps> wit? That's how you play will wit admit or omit, and you omitted nothing. I know. I'm a truth teller. I'm a truth teller. Yes. And that's what I want to talk about with you now, because you have this like very full life. Your husband is a big part of everything you make on your YouTube channel. Well, wait, can we go back about your husband, Timmy? Yeah. Did you actually meet on the city? Did you? No. So basically, we first, okay, so I date, did you ever meet Ben Lyons? Yes, he's in my phone. Context. Oh my god! Oh my god! So I dated him for a second, oh. and then it ended like we weren't right for each other. But I was in New York, I think probably about to do the city, and uh-huh. Ben Lyons invited me to uh, his birthday dinner. Okay, and Timmy was at his birthday dinner. There was just something between us, like immediately. <gasps> Did and Timmy then, know who you were from yes, the show? He okay. had watched, he was like trying to be a TV producer and like he had worked <gasps> at VH1 and then through Ben Lyons and Sophia, our original talent producer, yes. um, he got an interview with the Hills uh with Adam DeVello and Colin Nash and everyone. And he became the location producer for the city. So like he was (gasps) responsible for finding all the restaurants that we filmed at and all the nightclubs and getting clearances and like help me find my apartment in the city. And like when I had rats in my apartment, like I had to call him to be like, you need to come save me. (laughs) We like immediately connected and like I got his information first, Blackberry message. And of course. and like we just we got really close from filming the show, but like nothing ever happened. But we oh just like God. fell in love through filming the show, and then the show got canceled, and I moved to LA, and like we were with other people, and then we finally just like reconnected, and oh, yeah. But yeah. weren't you with Hot Australian Guy at yeah. the time? So I was first with Hot Australian. Yeah, when I first yeah. when I first moved to New York, I was with him, and then that we well, did it on the city. Okay, yes. And then that ended. Timmy came on the crew probably like right as that relationship with Jay was ending. So like he Mm. didn't really see so much of my stuff with him. But then, you know, he was tasked with like having to find hot guys at at, like clubs to like come up and talk to me. And he's like, I don't want to do this job. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. (gasps) So you guys were like had a thing while total kind flirty of thing flirty thing yeah and then we were like we shouldn't do like we need to keep this professional yes i then met that guy ben from buried life remember that other mtv yes. show yes ben nev nemton nemton yes 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 oh my god i dated him for a while and like through the city ending moved back to la and then he dumped me but like his loss you know uh-huh. then like six months later i was in new york and Timmy basically gave me an ultimatum and was like, I don't want to wait for you any longer. Like, please, can we do this? And then that was oh it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Timmy. I know. Wow. I know. So cute, right? And now, like, I love him and your relationship. You guys are so, I mean, the, the Hills rewatch episodes, yeah, which, by the so way, fun. I don't think I could do. I cannot believe you're like not horrified watching yourself back. It was fun. It was really fun for me. It was like my version of a diary. It was like mm. so, because I haven't watched it in so long. Like I only ever watched the episodes probably like you, like we would get the episodes, not before they came out, but like, well, maybe that Monday morning they were 
they were coming out and we would get them. Right. Um, and then I would never watch it again. So like uh-uh. it was really eye opening for me to see a lot of things and like look at it from a different lens. It was oh, so and fun. And with him? And oh with my him. God. Yeah, it was so fun. And he's so funny. And then now we're doing Siesta Key, which is really fun. Like, yes. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I drums. mean, I'll watch and listen to you guys together all the time. He's yeah. been on your podcast. Yeah. Like, I really love you too. Oh, thank you. I feel like I share a lot of myself, my kids, my husband, my life. I think because I have this community that has grown up watching me since Uh 2006 Uh and they have kids now too. And I feel this closeness, but also like a responsibility in a way. Totally, totally. Do you feel that too? Yeah, for sure. Like I really, in terms of what I share, like I have to set boundaries with Mm -hmm. it. Like I, I'm not the the generation where it's like muscle memory and I am like filming everything, nor do I want to be filming everything or like putting a camera in Sunny's face all the time. But I definitely do feel, yeah, like that's the quote, like best practices and it's partly our job and it's a partly like, yes, a social responsibility to like be vulnerable so that your community feels connected with you and like also has a place to land their thoughts and feelings and like most vulnerable stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's hard, but I can't like, I I have to still set boundaries with it. Um, Like I said, like I'm not an overshare by any means, but Mm. I do, I do want people to feel that closeness with me because I feel like that's, I don't know. That's like the way that I feel best about myself too. When I'm like actually connecting with other people on that level. And you have, I mean, just like as a a thank you on behalf of everybody, because you've been so open about loss, about suffering Mm -hmm. miscarriages, about Mm -hmm. secondary infertility. I think Mm -hmm. in doing so, you've helped so many people not feel so alone. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Really? Oh my God. No, I mean, I feel like I wish it, I wish it didn't happen. And I wish I, you know, like, but Mm -hmm. I, I think that the more that you talk about it, the more it normalizes it. And then the more people won't, you know, like shame themselves or blame themselves when these things happen, because they are just like such a normal part of like us as human beings, like it's Mm -hmm. science. Yeah. It's been so helpful for me too, because it's like my own little vent session and then I don't feel so alone in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I really do feel that too. Um, I know you love your son. Yeah. You love your husband. Yes. But let's be honest, you love fashion more. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I love it. I love it. Um, Okay. But yeah, they're, they're all my worlds. Okay. (laughs) So as a fashion expert, style icon, clothing designer, probably most importantly, a teen Vogue intern ish. If you I, are yes. <laughs> you are the authority on everything that is in style. Oh so God, Whitney, stop. I would like you to help yeah. us out okay. with some style tips in a segment appropriately called The Port Authority. The Port Authority. Oh my God, I love this. You're so Okay, this cute. is rapid fire, so okay. you have to answer as fast as you can. Are you okay. ready? I'm ready, so ready. Here we go. <clears throat> what summer trend should every woman jump on? linen baggy shorts. Ooh, love that. Yeah. For women over 35, how short should our shorts be? No, I like them like right to the knee, honestly. Like I oh, have like a linen bermuda? Yes, yes, <gasps> yes. 
Can all like, body types pull this off? Ugh, I guess maybe not. That's bad. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, would, I say, would look like my father on vacation. Oh my god! No, I feel like ever. You're you're so right. That was a really bad suggestion. No, it's um, good because we aspire to be as fashionable as you. No, I think also like. I think anything with like a floral applique is pretty mm. right now. Like okay. I just wore this really cute like chenille halter. I saw that. I double tapped it. Thank it looked you. Great. Thank what you. summer trend should we all avoid? Is it a Bermuda short made of linen that goes to the knee? Oh my God. I guess if it's not going to work <laughs> to you, it would be that. Um, okay. I'm not into like a shorts overall situation. Oh, good to know. Yeah, not for me. Not for <gasps> me. This brings us to what Y2K trend will you never wear again? Rhinestone jeans. Mm, yeah, no, you that's know? a good one. Yeah, I don't know. We should have never worn those in the first place. I, I mean, I remember they were kind of like sexy, cute, low rise. Um, like a maybe true also religion? Like, maybe also like snap track pants. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. No. I actually, fun fact, I broke a girl's leg in high school um, by pantsing her and ripping Stop. off her snap track. Stop. Broke her leg. Yeah, Stop. she was in a full body cast. <laughs> so um, tragic So I, I agree. So tragic, Kristen. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what is an appropriate hair accessory for women our age? I'm noticing you are wearing a scrunchie currently yes. as we speak. Yes. So I have these little like silk scrunchies that are good that I like mm. to wear in like either it's a, a little loose bun or like a ponytail. I think these are good like day to day and they don't damage your hair. Okay. And then I also think it is a Y2K trend, but it's cute is like a plastic headband situation. Okay. Um, okay. Like you can go even on Amazon and get like a cute grooved one or like a cool tortoise one. They're fun. Like if you just want to add a little bit of something cute to like your sweats look or your leggings and like blazer look, you know? My audience always wants to add something cute to their sweats look. You're speaking yes. right to the or, elder millennials that yeah. are Listening. Like a tortoise, like what are those, the big like claw clips? Yeah. Oh, um, no. I, I can't bring back a claw clip. No, but if you get one that's like not the typical claw, it has more of an interesting shape. Um, ugh. Is it a banana clip? Because no, I might have to clip. end this call right now. Not okay, a banana great. Clip. Okay, great. I wish I could, I should. Do you want me to go get it for you? No, I love that you're, I mean, like, we should just do the whole segment on hair accessories because you're actually blowing my mind. I'm like trying to figure it out because I've been so experimental with my hair. I know. And I, um, short hair, like you think it's going to be easy to style, but it's not. Mm, so, that's why I have the same hair since the last time you saw me 13 I, years ago. I don't blame you. I wish yeah. I had like my same long blonde hair, but. Do you really? A little bit right now. Like it feels oh. a little bit like soccer mom right now but no you could never if you look like a soccer mom then the rest of us are in, in big trouble okay we really derailed this rapid fire quiz okay. if we have a prominent nose asking for a friend do we have to wear those little color me bad sunglasses oh my god of course you don't no Thank if you, you if you don't feel comfortable in something or you don't feel like your best self or you're being true to you, like don't wear it. It doesn't matter if it's a trend. I love that. Yes. That's words to live by. Yes. What look from the Hills era do you hope never comes back? Ugh, just like going out tops and jeans. Oh, uh, 
I mean, now it's like, it's more those like skinny jeans, skinny jeans more specifically, like the flouncy flowy tops and then like the skinny jeans with a oh my big, God, yes. with like a big clunky wedge. Like, no, like, Done. no, no, Done. no, no. Like Done. that's not the proportion I feel like that works best for people anymore. No. no. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Do you follow Olivia Palermo on Instagram? I do. I do. I think I'm like so impressed by her. I mean, I too with her was like guarded because I think I was a little bit like nervous of what this was going to be and or if she was going to like produce drama or whatever. And so I like put a little bit of a wall up, but she Uh is so naturally like fashionable and always has been. And I love like seeing what she pulls together. I don't think I've ever been more terrified in my career than when we had to interview Olivia Palermo. Yeah, she we has were, like an inti- like a little bit of an intimidating quality about oh my her. God. I know, I know, I know. Are you horny for Pedro Pascal? Not a style question, just curious. I'm not. Honestly, <gasps> I didn't watch the the show. I mm-hmm. thought his Met look was amazing. I amazing. thought it was amazing. He seems like really cute from what I've mm. seen on social media, but I'm not like a like yeah. A fan. Not for you. Okay. Um, do you know what Aviator Nation is? Yes. Oh. What about Roller Rabbit? Yes. Oh. I had a tween on this show telling me that those were the hottest two brands of 2023, and I had never heard of either of them. So you clearly are an expert. Okay. So Aviator Nation is like sweats with like a race car va- theme to it. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> it has like like black and white checker graphics and okay, like got neons it, got it. and yes. yeah, it's like a millennial free city vibe. Fair, you know, free city. I get it. Okay. Oh my god, I just needed someone to explain it to me like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last but not least, if our children want to wear exclusively dinosaur graphic tees, should we let them? A hundred percent. My also motto with with kids' clothing is just like. Let their freak flag fly, like let them wear whatever they want. I wish I could curate Sonny's wardrobe, but he has such a specific like vibe. He wants to wear all black. Oh my God. So Kelly Catrone of him. Yeah. I like cheesy blue, like sports shirts and like just cheesy shit. And yes. I try to buy him cool stuff. Like I try to lead him in certain directions, mm. but there's only so much you can do. I know. I know. But you just have to let them be them because I think that's really how you obviously develop their own personal sense of themselves. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm desperate to burn half of the graphic shit that they like to wear, but I, I feel know. that I have to let them express themselves. You do. And that is the Port Authority. The Port Authority. Whitney, final question. Yes. Do you know what's next for you, family, career, life, or is the rest still unwritten? Oh, my God. I would say most most is unwritten. I mean, there are things that are obviously planned out, Mm. but I'm not one of those people that like look so far into the future, or at least I'm trying not to. I'm definitely mm-hmm. trying to be like more present. Um, and while I say that, I also feel like I should be doing a little bit more planning at the same time. I'm someone that <laughs> kind of just like also goes with the flow a little bit too much. Mm. But um, 
there's so much still to be done. I'm so excited. We're like renovating this house that we bought that's close to us now that um, we've been showing on our YouTube, the series. Yes. Yeah. And um, renovation station's been so fun. It's been taken forever, but it's been like fun to see Timmy edit these videos of like what our renovation actually looks like. Uh-huh. And we're about to work out of there and then I can like record my podcast out of there and like actually have a place to go and like get dressed up and, you know, like mm. have a communal workplace and get shit happening. So I'm really excited for that. Yes. My partnership with Rent the Runway, which is great. I've designed like four collections with them now and you can still rent them all on Rent the Runway and they're so cute and there's like leather and there's florals and there's blazers and like really just great pieces that I think people would like you know, attached to my sense of style, which is just like a dream come true for me. Um, I have to have you on my podcast. Like you are such a delight to talk to. And like, we can talk about so many different random things. I feel the same way. I am absolutely obsessed with you. Have been uh, since the beginning. Always just felt like, I remember like going out for drinks with you after an after show one time. And Dan and I were like, is she like actually cool? Are we like, would we be friends with her in real life? And we absolutely will. Um, I feel like we just made up for 13 years of lost time in, know, in less I know. than an hour. And I want to do a play date and like I'll uh, prep yes. Sonny with what he's getting into. Unpack the trauma. You should know that one of my twins has decided, refashioned, that he now wears glasses. Doesn't need them. Just wants them as an accessory. Just as an accessory. So Sonny will be able to tell them apart. I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Find Whitney on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port. Thank you. At WhitneyPort.com. Whitney Port on YouTube. Her collections are at Rent the Runway. Yes. And you have to listen to her podcast with Wit. Yes. The thank episodes you. that you just did with Timmy are so good for anyone in a relationship. The podcast is like such a cool way to just like learn good shit that we should all be applying to our life. And yes. that is what's like the best part about it. Like it's hard having a podcast, but yeah, and it doesn't always come naturally to me. Like you're so good at interviewing and like you have this natural rapport. So it's something that I've definitely had to work on, but it's been like, yeah, such a cool journey for me. Well, you are so good at it. Thank I you. loved being with wit on this episode of my podcast. Same, but you're going to come on mine. Okay, deal. Okay. Deal. Um, and that's when we have to hang up and say bye. Yeah, I guess so. I'll see you at a playground in the neighborhood. Yes. Okay, bye, Whitney. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Whitney Port, everybody. Uh, I mean, Sunny's mom is so cool, so sweet, and I'm just so happy we're mom friends now. Even if, can I tell you this? On our last play date, I stopped on the way to get Slurpees for the kids, and I wanted one myself, so I got one for me, and I was like, oh, I'll get one for Whitney. And when I gave it to her, she literally said to me, oh, thanks. Uh, I just did Soul Cycle this morning, so I'm not going to have that, but I appreciate it. So I drank mine at 9 a.m., and then I drank hers. And I hope one day, now that we're friends, she can inspire me to hit Soul Cycle instead of 7 Eleven at 8 45 on Saturday mornings. That's what friends are for, you know? Thanks, Wit. Love you so much, truly. I just like, I adore her. After the break, you can't get enough of these Hills revelations. And one of you leaves me a message that forces me to do terrible things to Lauren Conrad. That's next. Come back so bad. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. back and i feel like i should check my voicemail should i do that here we go check 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 your voicemail hey jesse my name is kelsey um i'm from vancouver british columbia canada i used to love watching you and dan on the mtv's after show um i would rush home from high school to watch it and it was the highlight of my week to be completely honest so that being said I think that you should play a game of Fuck, Mary Kill, Hills Edition. Um, my suggested three are going to be Lauren Conrad, Heidi Montag, or Kristen Cavallari. Think hard. Let me know what you think. Okay, I love you so much. Bye. I love you so much, Kelsey, and I will think hard about this one because as you heard, I played this with Whitney Port and she very matter-of-factly fucked Brody, married Justin Bobby, and killed Spencer. But what would I do with these leading ladies? I, I, It is something I have to think hard about. Jason, what is your answer? Um, It's a good one. Um, or it's a good question. Yeah, it's a good one. You want me to give you my answer first? Yeah, who are you fucking? <laughs> would, who well, are you okay, I start with killing? Mary. Like, who would I just have to deal with for the rest of my life? I th- would pick Lauren to marry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then I think... I would, I would have to have sex with Kristen and struggling with this. um, You're having sex with Kristen 100%. Well, I know, but I was going to change my answer. Maybe (laughs) Heidi would be, would be fun, but. No, you're getting, you're getting my first air on sound effect of the episode and we're like an hour plus in. Okay. Um, Jason, it, I think you made good choices. You made obvious choices, obvious choices, because I feel like I don't think I could marry Lauren Conrad. I think I just personally, having thought about this hard, like Kelsey told us to, I don't know. I wouldn't be happy living a sepia-toned life, if that makes sense. I just, I need more excitement in a marriage. And for that reason, I am controversially going to kill Lauren Conrad. Wow. That is controversial. I'm just waiting for the Yahoo News headline, Jesse Cruikshank kills Lauren Conrad. And then it's between Heidi and Kristen. And to me, Kristen actually feels like she'd be fun to marry, right? Yeah. But then you have to fuck Heidi. And I don't know. I just don't know if I could do it. We were DMing by the week. Did I tell you that? Yeah. Don't think she's going to come on the show. Sort of a hard no. And honestly, I don't think we're going to fuck either. I just, I can't. So I'm going to fuck Kristen. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to marry Heidi Montag. And you know what? The only problem with Heidi Montag is the person she's married to. So if we take him out of the equation and she marries me instead, problem solved. We're living a happy life. Yeah, that's really true. You know, and she'd be even happier with me because I killed Lauren Conrad. So all in all, it really is a dream scenario. And I want to thank 
Kelsey from Vancouver for leaving me the message and asking such a deep and thought-provoking question. I'd love to have you preside over our nuptials if you're a veil, Kels. Let me know. And Jason, with that, it brings us to the end of the episode. And we like to end with a song here on our Comedy Spoken Word YouTube channel. I feel like we could end this two ways. We could go selling Sunset Style with like a stock music track by a sultry powerhouse female vocalist. But I also feel like we could look no further than powerhouse female vocalist, the future (laughs) G-flip to Mike Rochelle, Heidi Monte. Yes. Do we go blackout, Jason? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Rob, our technical producer, search deep in the archives. Here it is. Spencer just got a notification that someone is playing Blackout. (laughs) It just, just, an alarm just went off. Jason, was this the song that I filmed a music video to and won her contest? Was it Blackout? Uh, Oh my. Yes, I'm 99% sure it was this song. She had a contest for people to make their own music video to this song. And because we were assholes and I'm like a little shit, I made a music video and got all of the after show viewers to vote for me. And I won. And she sent me like, I feel like she sent me a pair of it, earphones. An like, iPod, I, iPod an Nano iPod. or something. Like <laughs> An iPod, oh my God, it was absolutely an iPod Nano. If there's anything that really sums up that time, it's salty beef flaps and an iPod Nano, you know? And suddenly you're just transported right there. Blackout is playing in your iPod Nano. Thank you to the amazing, kind, lovely Whitney Port. What a joy to catch up with her two weeks in a row. Thank you to you, my beloved phone of friends. This is really the highlight of my week, and I cannot wait to talk next Thursday. Jason, I'll talk to you then. Talk to you then. Okay. I'm actually off to uh, work in Calgary, Alberta for the rest of the week, which is a full brag. Okay? Just a full, I'm fully bragging. I am hosting an awards show there, and I just hope the paparazzi don't chase me for pics after. <laughs> Have an amazing week, everybody. Buddy, bye. Leave the rest of them in the dark. No one has to know where we are. Phone the friend was created by our mom, Jessie Crookson. The executive producers are Jessie Crookson and Jason Yanba. The technical producer is Rob Perra. The amazing theme song and sexy interludes are by Jay Melanowski from Badwin Sound Clash. Phone a Friend is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Credits are by us, Ray Gatika and Real Gatika. We're her kids! That's crazy, right? Wow, you're still listening? Okay, see you next week.